Well, my name is Brittany. I am the Ascent Director, and I'm actually going to just get right into Scripture. We're not wasting any time right now. So we are going right into 1 Corinthians, and what is happening here is that there's this guy named Paul, and Jesus sent Paul out to go plant a bunch of churches. And so Paul has planted a ton of churches all throughout the Middle East, and he is away from this church in Corinth, but he writes them a letter to try to encourage and challenge them. And this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians um, 9.24. He says, We all know that when there's a race, all the runners bolt for the finish line, but only one will take the prize. When you run, run for the prize. Athletes in training are very strict with themselves, exercising self-control over desires and for what? For a wreath that soon withers or is crushed or simply forgotten. That is not our race. We run for the crown that we will wear for eternity. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't let my eyes drift off the finish line. When I box, I don't throw punches in the air. I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after all this, after I've brought the gospel to others, I will still be qualified to win the prize. Paul is saying, run for the prize. Run to win. Run. If, if life is just this, this race, run with your eyes on the finish line like you want to get there first with everything that you have in you. Run the race well. And you see, when it comes to our faith journey, often when I've read this verse, I, I've always kind of thought of it as it's this, this solo race, like it's this foot race where all I have to think about is that I am the competitor, I am the one running, so all I have to think is myself, how fast I'm going, how hard I'm going, how much I've trained, and the finish line. And that's all I have to think about. Nothing else matters in that case. But when I, when I actually read this passage and, and look at what God has called us to, I think that it's more like the Tour de France. It's not so much like a foot race, but it's actually like the cycling race, the Tour de France, if you don't know too much about it, that's okay. I've just learned about it um, more recently. But it's actually, it's so fascinating because I always thought that it was just like each cyclist kind of raced on their own and whoever got to the end first of this really long race won. It's so much more complex than that. Every, every cyclist, they actually, they have to ride in a team. There, there's no individual cyclists. They have to ride in a team, and just so that you know the basics of what the Tour de France um, includes, is it's a 3,500-kilometer race, which is pretty much if you were to ride from Winnipeg to Nova Scotia. So it's a long way. It's got prairies, it's got cities, it's got mountains. They have to go through windstorms and rainstorms and snow in the higher elevation areas. Pretty much any, any weather, any element that you can think of, these cyclists have to get through. They have to get through. It's about a 23-day race with maybe one or two breaks in between. But it's one of the most intense races that there is in the cycling world. But what's so interesting is that they all ride in teams, and a good team is able to strategize and race in a way that they are able to get the entire team to the finish line. And the strategy that they use is called the peloton. And this is actually, it's so crazy how they ride. If you see in the picture, they ride pretty much as close to each other as they can in this in really close pack. And there's a bunch of different teams that will ride in this peloton together. And pretty much, if that front guy, if he like wipes out or something, Everyone behind him is wiping into him, and there's this huge mess and chaos, and it's really funny, but also like really bad. But 
but they have to ride so close together, but it has a really incredible purpose. And the purpose is that the people at the front, they take all the resistance. They take all the headwind. If you've ever cycled when it's like super windy out, you know, like the headwind sucks. I've heard that it's worse to ride through the prairies where there's a really bad headwind than it is to ride through the mountains. Like wind sucks. But the person at the front, they take all the resistance on themselves. So they're working harder than everyone else. But what it does is it saves the rest of their team energy. And so they'll rotate who's leading the, the peloton. And the people, depending on where you're positioned in it, if you're in the middle or near the back, you can save up to 40% of your energy while riding in, in this way. Every person that rides there are part of the team. And, and no man is for themselves. No man is for themselves. Yes, there is, there's one winner at the end. Every person needs to actually cross the finish line themselves. But not one person can win the Tour de France on their own. One commenter says, a rider's triumph is the result of selfless teammates. And what these selfless teammates will actually do if they are, they're riding in a peloton, they're going up a mountain, and then one cyclist is, is losing energy and so they fall far behind. And what it can do is it can result in what's called cracking. And if this person cracks, pretty much they, they have no chance of winning the race. They'll have to drop out because they use up so much energy in such a short amount of time and they are so vulnerable to all the elements that they aren't able to catch up again. And if you get too far behind, there's just no chance of, of finishing with your team. And so what will happen is there will be one team member who will actually lead, leave the pack, they'll leave the peloton, they'll go all the way back down the mountain as far as they need to, and they will find their teammate and they will ride in front of their teammate so that they can push through the resistance and lead their teammate back to join the peloton. It's an absolutely fascinating race. But this is where I think 1 Corinthians comes into play. 1 Corinthians comes into play because Paul says that he doesn't run aimlessly. He doesn't run aimlessly. He doesn't let his eyes drift off of the finish line, but he's incredibly intentional and disciplined to get to the end of the race. And this is how the, the riders in the Tour de France are. They have to be so disciplined to work together as a team and support each other as a team if any of them actually want to win. Paul is saying, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to make it to the end, you need to be intentional. You can't wander aimlessly and hope that you'll end up at the end that you desire. You have to be intentional. If you want to do the race well, if you want to be challenged, if you want to conquer any sort of mental illness that you struggle with, if you want to break free from addiction, if you want to live a life worthy of the gifts that God has called you to, you need to be intentional about that. And the way that we can learn about this from, from these cyclists is that we need to be intentional by getting together, by coming together, by actually running this race together instead of trying to do it on our own. And I'm not saying that people are the only answer to solve all of our problems, but I think that they're a big part of it and they're a great place to start. Because for some of us, during this whole season where we've had to be a bit more uh, distant from other people and we went through that whole lockdown season where we couldn't really see anyone, that really 
that really jeopardized a lot of our friendships. We weren't able to be vulnerable in the same way. We weren't able to connect in the same way. And for some of us, for, for some of us during this season, we've separated ourselves from the group. We've separated ourselves from the Peloton, from our community. And we need to ride back with the group. We need to swerve back in and say, you know what, I'm going to be intentional because if I want to win this, win this race, I have to do it with other people. For some of us, for some of us, it's being willing to take charge, to maybe ride to the front, to lead for a little bit, to help support and encourage other people and to invest in the community that you already have around you. For some of us, it starts from separating ourselves from people that are honestly just bad influences on us and actually getting ourselves on a team that is going to help us win. For some of us, it's actually leaving the peloton. It's going back down the mountain. It's riding back down to those people that we know that maybe are struggling in their faith or have lost their community. And, it, and it's getting out of our comfort zone and it's going back down the mountain so that we can bring them back to the community that is going to be encouraging them. Especially in this season, I think that we are starting to get really comfortable on our own. We're starting to get comfortable with not having to invest in anyone else because there haven't been a lot of opportunities to. We've gotten so comfortable with just seeing our little bubble and saying, you know what, we'll just we'll keep it as it is. We're not going to meet anyone else because we use the excuse that we're not allowed. And yes, I'm not saying that we should go against the restrictions that have been placed in front of us because we have to follow those and I'm all for that. But I am saying that maybe in this season we need to get out of our comfort zone to say no to shallow friendships and actually start investing in each other a little bit more. I love what the author of Hebrews says. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. It says we need each other and we should come together more frequently. And yes, we're not able to come together more frequently as a large group, which is why we're only doing once month gatherings right now to try to limit the exposure. But we can gather more frequently in smaller groups that have the purpose to spur each other on, to encourage each other in the race, to help support and challenge each other. And you know, my, out of all my messages, I think this is one where I have the most practical thing that you could really ever do, out of all messages. You know, sometimes you're like, you're given a challenge, you're like, I don't know how to imply that. I am going to give you the way to apply this right now. But actually, this isn't just some sales pitch, but something that I believe so wholeheartedly in because it's gonna be something that changes our community. I've been using the phrase transforming a crowd into a community because for the past two years, in some sense, the ascent has been a crowd. And that's not okay. It can't be a crowd. It has to be a community of people supporting and loving and challenging each other. 
And so what we have designed this season to do is to um, focus more on the smaller communities through crews. And if you have been around, you might have heard of crews before. Crews were what um, happened in restaurants around the city after the ascent to talk about the message. In this season, crews are going to be a little bit different. There's going to be some here at the warehouse and some in homes around the city. But they're going to be small groups of people that say, I am not okay with just walking, running aimlessly. I'm going to join a team. I'm going to join the Peloton. I'm going to help conserve energy. I'm going to help others win this race that is in front of us. And I know it, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable to be vulnerable. It can be uncomfortable to meet new people. It can be uncomfortable to lead. But I like to think of it this way. The worst thing that could happen from someone joining a crew is that you have a really awkward moment, like really awkward. But see, I've come to see my life as just a series of awkward events. I feel like every day I've got at least like five awkward things that happen. And so you just, you get comfortable with it. You just gotta embrace the awkwardness and say, you know what, the benefits, the prize at the end of this race, of, of running the race together, is so much greater than any awkward moment. And it's so worth the risk. So let's ride this race together. Let's ride this race together. Let's take turns leading the way and cutting through the wind for other people. Let's call our friends together and say, you know what, for the next three months, that's all it is from October to December, for the next three months, we are going to gather every week to just encourage each other, to pray with each other, to learn and to, to challenge each other and talk about some difficult topics or things that we're struggling with. But for the next three months, I'm going to commit to being intentional in this race. You know, it's, it's, actually, it's so easy. You can sign up on your own and we'll help you find a crew. You can gather the people that you came with tonight. If you came with, you know, three, four, five people, you can say, like, no, let's just be intentional for the next three months. Let's just meet every Sunday night. We can do it at my house. And, and just create a crew amongst the few of you. Maybe you are someone who actually likes meeting new people, and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm good with meeting new people. Put whoever you want in my crew. I'm good with that. And we need people that are going to step up and ride to the front of the peloton to help lead the crews. But the whole point is if you are not in a community where you are being challenged and supported, get in a community. Don't run this race on your own. So crews are going to be starting up on October 18th. And we have uh, video lessons that are going to go with them. So if you are doing it with just your friends, we'd still love to know that you're doing it so we can send you all the resources and also just be available to support you. We have a few people that are, their whole purpose for this season is to support the crew leaders. And so we want to be able to support you and resource you the best that you can. And so you can sign up the card on your, on your table in front of you or online or talk to Kirsten Braden at the end of the service at the back. But let's not do this race on our own. Let's not be a threat of, of cracking, that we can't even do our faith anymore because we didn't have people to spur us on, or that our friends are, are falling too far behind and, and they, can't, they can't come back. Let's be those people that go back and get them and bring them forward. I believe, I believe in this. I believe that, that this community, that God has so much more for us if we were to get into community in this season and really encourage and challenge each other. But for now, we're going to enter into another time of worship. And so I just want to uh, pray as we, as we prepare our hearts to respond to God one last time.
God, thank you for this community. Thank you that you never crafted this community to be a crowd, to be people that, that walk into this place not knowing anyone and walk out the same. God, you have created us with a purpose to encourage each other and to run this race together. And God, I pray that, that you would give us the courage to do that. If we are scared, if we're lonely, if we don't know the next step to take, God, I pray that you would put something in our hearts to take that next step to say that we are not going to be a passive generation, but we're going to be a generation that gathers people together to worship your name and to learn together and encourage each other. God, I pray for anyone in our community that is consumed by loneliness right now, that feels like they are just walking on their own. God, I pray that you would provide people around them that are just going to pull them back into into a community, pull them back into the team, that not one person would go unnoticed or go unvalued or go unloved. God, I thank you that no matter what our community looks like, no matter how much it's changed over the past month, seven months, that, that you don't change, that you haven't changed, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you come around us and you fight for us no matter what we're going through and God I thank you for that and right now we want to continue to praise you for that in Jesus name amen